Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. We're back again on Speed Street, episode 38 of Speed Street, presented by Dirty Mo Media. I'm Joey Molinero. My dog is barking, going nuts. Perfect timing. Gotta love it. But the pleasure or displeasure of working from home. Got Connor Daly with us. Uh, and I'm just going to toss it to you real quick here, Connor, off the start because my dog's going insane. So, driver of the number 20 bit now rider in the NTT IndyCar Series, Connor Daly. What's up, bro? How we feeling? Everything's good, man. Um, it's uh, it's Wednesday of this week and definitely feel like uh, still need a bit of a recovery from Iowa. Uh, two, two tough races. Uh, and we were on the simulator all day yesterday, too. So, not a lot of time to... Uh, to, to, to back off the throttle, but, um, so much heat in Iowa, uh, such a, a challenging weekend for the crews, for the teams and, um, and even the equipment we saw Joseph Newgarden winning a race and had a piece on the car fail. So like everything is pushed to the, everything is pushed to the limit, uh, over that weekend. So, um, you know, obviously not the way we wanted it to turn out. Uh, there were a lot of good parts of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just just ready to get to Indy this week. Uh, there's a, there was a lot to talk about in the races. Um, I think Iowa was really, you know, an interesting one to just dive into. So I think we'll we'll definitely get into Iowa, the technical side of Iowa. Um, probably talk about uh, you know some wild stuff that happened in NASCAR with uh, the top two finishers getting DQ'd, which it almost seems like go kart days stuff like that what used to happen when everyone's dad had illegal engines and you had to figure it out and then <laughs> people were getting thrown out left and right but um but yeah there was uh definitely some 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 controversy over the weekend you had charles leclerc in formula one make a big mistake while leading the formula one race um and crash out uh so yeah there was there was a lot that went on um, and, and it's obviously a really exciting week coming up because everything is coming home to Indy, uh, all the NASCAR series, uh, IndyCar as well. I mean, such a, an awesome weekend. Um, just as we're looking at it, you know, even the next couple of days, um, 
guys, you know, guys that I don't, we don't see that often. Obviously, our NASCAR guys are always on their schedule, and now everyone's coming to hang out here. So um, it's going to be a really fun week, I think, just to be going racing again in Indiana. Yeah, dude, I can't wait for it. It, it will be a blast. But I want to keep on Iowa for a minute because so much happened with two races. You went back to Iowa for the first time since 2020. Uh, you qualified very well, very well uh, for both races, starting in the top five. Um, and I know you mentioned that you want to kind of get into the ins and outs of what went down during the race, the differences between qualifying and then what happens on the race day itself. So if you would, please get into that. Teach us something here. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it, there, there's a long-winded explanation on, on obviously, you know, what, what happens with these cars, right? And I, and I kind of, I want to be able to explain things to people to where it makes sense or, or it's like, it's something that, that you can kind of get a piece of and, and see what kind of, you know, how difficult this sport can be at times. Um, and, I, you know, obviously this year there's been several places where we've been really good, right? The Indianapolis Motor Speedway being one of them. That is a very high grip track. It's a very high grip surface. It's, it's about as high grip as you can get. Another high grip track, again, permanent road course would be Barber. That's where my teammate was on pole. Um, somewhat similar high gripness, maybe mid Ohio, but not quite as much in the heat nowadays, but usually the permanent road courses that are more fresh, um, like Barber, like the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, not like road America, road America, very old surface, very low grip, old surface. And I think in general, we look at Iowa as well, Iowa, old surface could definitely use a repave but it is a fun it's it the old surface makes it you know kind of fun it's very bumpy it's very hard to drive um, i was gonna say man like when i was watching during the onboards you know it it <laughs> it looked like a damn near a street course on an oval absolutely it's it's very much the street course version of an oval um and you know we saw the McLaren guys fighting their cars and qualifying. I mean, I'm, I'm going to post an onboard video today of my qualifying laps, and it's definitely a battle. I mean, I would say qualifying at Iowa, the, the two qualifying laps, because, again, you qualify for both races in less than 45 seconds. You know what I mean? So, like, it's it's a pretty crazy experience. Pressure's on. <laughs> and, and you're basically just throwing that sucker as hard as you can into the corner and as hard as you can into the banking, and there's bumps as you go through there, and a lot of it is just pure trust in in, in the tire and the in the car, um, and it's a crazy experience. It's it's really your it's the highest G load that you'll pull all weekend um, is during those qualifying laps because you're going you know as fast as you can go. Like for example, you know in qualifying we did eighteen point one second lap times, right? And I think in the race, you know we're we're really doing. 19 second lap times and 20 second lap times and 21 second lap times really the whole time. So that's almost three seconds off. Like it, it's a considerable amount more off and, and less mile an hour um, in the race. And so I think like if we look back at our season, there's a lot of places, you know, street courses in particular where I think we've struggled. Right. And there's been then those are low grip surfaces. And a lot of the times our car, uh, you know, I think when it comes down to the mechanical side, everything that you can adjust, whether it's, you know, where, where the car sits, whether it's front roll center, rear roll center, you got geometries, you've got all kinds of different things that you can adjust on these cars. And so when we go out and qualify, I would say sometimes we obviously Rena's qualifying on pole 
in, in Alabama, you know, we were in the fast six at the Indy GP, you know, the Indy 500, you know, we're, we obviously had great cars, very strong cars there again, very high grip surfaces. So we don't necessarily have to rely on creating as much mechanical grip as possible because we can rely on the tire and we can rely on the aerodynamics. And so for us right now, it seems like, and, and after Iowa it was a very clear, a very clear thing for me that I think, and, and we all want to work on this, right? It's, the ability to do the two laps on new tires, right? The new tires have the most grip. And that means that the setup that we have on the car can do the most work for that amount of time. And it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But to control that grip, to control the the, the aggression that that puts through the tire, you know, kind of goes through the damping, goes through how, how do you control the ride mechanically? Well, that's through the spring and damper package. You know, the springs, everyone kind of has the same springs, right? But the dampers are something in IndyCar that are very open, that are open for development, right? If you look at each team, each team kind of has a different philosophy on their damper program. There's a lot of people that spend a lot of money on dampers, because you can kind of do what you want within a certain window of, you know, it obviously has to fit on the car. But if you look at the Penske dampers, they look they look quite different than what you can buy off the shelf for a race car. Right. And, and that's just because they've got a ton of experience. They got, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of great people over there, really smart people. Um, and again, this isn't to like throw, you know, our, our program at, you know, one area or the other, but it's, it's just different, right? There's, there's different philosophies on different things. You know, some cars work better in qualifying, some cars work better in the race. You know, we saw Callum Eilat drive the, uh, Junkos car to great races. And again, that was the car that I drove, you know, that was like that, that they had the Carlin setup. you know, that was the, that was the Carlin team. And I knew that car was quite good, quite strong in the race. And they've, they've obviously done um, you know, good job in progressing that. So it's really interesting to see, you know, some areas that we've struggled are street courses, I would say, low grip surfaces. I would say Iowa qualifying nailed it, right? But that's but that's also because we have so much aero load on the car as well. So aerodynamics and new tires always kind of help mask, you know, smaller, smaller issues that the driver is dealing with, I would say, in the long term, in the long term run. So it's it's just something that I felt like I would kind of want people to know because, again, Ed Carpenter is, is a very similar driver to me, and we both struggled this weekend for sure in the races. And, and Ed Carpenter is a very good oval driver. I think Renus was a bit of an anomaly in race one. I'm not really sure how he did that. But race two was kind of, again, we were all kind of on the similar boat of just, just kind of struggling to make the tires last and struggling to, you know, to make it work. So to, to give people an idea of, of why that happens, how that happens, you know, it, it, it's 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 interesting because even whether it's a street course or a short oval, you know, we as drivers kind of have to do everything we can. But we also have to look, hey, all right, these are some areas that we struggle in. And as a team, we're all going to have to, you know, work on this going forward. Right. And I think we know that NDGP coming up this weekend, we're excited about it again, because, again, high grip surface. We can use the downforce. We can use the tires really well. And so that's good. But yeah, I, I would say, you know, as as a program, you know, we're, we definitely know kind of now, I, I would say it's quite obvious kind of what what areas we're going to try to improve on for, you know, for next year, for the future. Um, but it was really challenging over the weekend, you know, to go from being, you know, literally starting third behind Power and Joseph to literally being the worst car almost in the race and, and being like very, very slow at certain points was a real challenge for sure. But 
you know, it's something that we we have to fight through. You know, we, we fought through the first day. We got all the way back on the lead lap. Um, did, weren't quite able to make up as many positions as we wanted to in the end, but we made the car better for sure for the second day. And, you know, the second race, we lasted a little bit longer, probably didn't, you know, missed one pit sequence that probably could have kept us on the lead lap. Um, but, you know, again, finished a few positions better than we did the first day. Definitely felt way more racy on the second day. Um, but just, just still not quite long enough on the stint. You know, when we were, we were, I would say on the first day, we were okay for about 30 laps and then it dropped off quite a lot. Second day, I would say we were okay for 45 to 50 laps. And then it dropped off a little bit more aggressive than, than we expected. So we definitely extended our window a little bit. That's just tire degradation. Yes, for sure. It was, it was all just in the tire deg. We couldn't just, you know, cause once the tires go for us in these cars, it's very, very challenging on a short oval. I mean, you saw, and I, and I got an onboard video as well that I that I'm going to post again this week. But when you go out on new tires in the middle of the, in the middle of the race, like let's say you pit a little early, like we had to on the first stint, you can literally drive by any car on track at a wild high rate of speed. You know, there, I passed Pato Award like he was standing still, but that's just because the tires are wearing. You have to get to a certain point to make the strategy work. And the, the payback on the other end of, you know, having to short stint a little bit and go fast for that lapse is that you don't, you don't, you still don't have enough on the back end to make that like a race winning strategy. So, you know, we kind of had to pit for tires to help us out to make sure that we didn't lose too much time. Uh, and it's a really, really interesting strategic, you know, strategic element to these short oval races, particularly Iowa. So there was definitely a lot there technically, but, you know, we, we saw teams like Penske, you know, they're so hard to beat there. You know, I know McLaren has put so much into their development of their car, uh, you know, over the last, you know, since they've been, you know, partnered with the Formula One side of McLaren. Um, and so, it, and, and, and Ganassi, obviously, you know, the, I would say the three teams who's, who have the largest budgets were the most successful at Iowa. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was really interesting to, to see how that works. But again, those guys did a great job. They executed. Jimmy Johnson had a great weekend. I think he was doing some incredible things. And you know, Living on that high line, baby. <laughs> look, I saw Jimmy Johnson do some things in that second race. That I, I don't know what, I don't know how he got away with doing what he was doing. I, I, I was side by side with him for about four laps because I'd come out on new tires and and he he wasn't he was he was on a little bit older tires than me. But that car, I mean, he's got some balls, old Jimmy. Jimmy's got <laughs> some Jimmy's got some nuts and uh, and he was putting them on display for sure. I saw that the rear end of that sucker moving around. He was side by side with their car, side by side with me. Uh, a couple times I told my spotter he chopped me like Tony Kanaan would have done back in the day. Um, which, you know, he was in the American Legion car like Tony Kanaan was at the 500. So it all, uh, it all played out, but I, I, I respect it. I mean, he, you know, those cars are, 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 are strong and he led, he, he was, he, I mean, he beat Marcus Erickson on the, on the second day, which is, you know, championship leader. So really, really strong performance from Jimmy for sure. And, um, and yeah, there was a guy who tweeted me, I think, in after Toronto saying that Jimmy was awful. And if I got beat by Jimmy, that I was awful. And I was like, I don't know, man. I just saw Jimmy do something pretty awesome over the weekend. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's anyone awful in the IndyCar series. So it was um it was cool to uh it was cool to see that. And I mean, we got we we got to get into the high V side of everything too. 
I mean, Joe. Yeah, dude. Tell me about I'm, this event. I was so jealous. I was dadding out over the weekend. I had a baby shower. Big the first dad guy. For my son. It was phenomenal. Got gifted a lot of cool baby racing stuff. Like I got little headphones for the boys. So he'll be able to go out to the track when he's, in, you know, an infant and, and not be bothered by all the noise. Um, I got a few different IMS onesies, a, an IndyCar little kids book. I got it all. It was fantastic. But I was jealous that I wasn't out there at Iowa celebrating with High V and all you folks. It looked just like a giant festival. It looked like a huge party. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I've been to Iowa, right? I've raced at Iowa before, 16, 17. I raced every heck back in 2010 when I was a youth. Um, and to see the crowd that we had for both days. And, and honestly, Saturday was awful like the heat was just insane yeah. and and the fact that people were still there like we always think that in texas like our race in texas like oh well you know there might not be as many people because it's just so hot in texas and it was a day race but like it it almost didn't matter like it, it was it was incredible to see that the, the the crowd the concert i mean i was out there looking at tim mcgraw old uh old mr dutton was out there just strumming his guitar having a great time. Uh, I don't think he know I don't think he said IndyCar once, but it was still incredible to see. Dude gets this. better looking every every year, man. He's like a fine wine, really. It's amazing how many of the drivers' wives were out there just, you know, admiring, <laughs> you know, Timmy McGraw. Even my mother was out there saying, "Oh, look at his buttocks. It looks really nice." You know what I mean? So I was like, "All right, mom, whatever." And uh and and I mean, I I just I have to give so much credit to Hy-Vee, because we always we always talk about we've talked about this with Formula One, right? We've talked about this with NASCAR. We've talked about like if you throw money at something or if you do something aggressively that takes money to do to put it in front of people, to literally yep. force it upon fans like, oh, this does look like a fun thing to do. Let us do it. Well, guess what? The people showed up like it was an unbelievable. I mean, it, I, I believe it was sold out Saturday, probably sold out Sunday. I don't know. But like it was an, an unbelievable crowd. Hy-Vee had built these structures all around the track as well. They were also full of people. And I mean, my family was camping there. They had convenience stores out there in the campgrounds. I mean, and, and, and the musical. I mean, Gwen Stefani on, on Sunday before the yeah. race. I mean, I was electrified. I, I had. Uh, my lady was there with me and she had just seen Gwen Stefani in LA and said that this show at Iowa was a better show than at the bowl in LA. And I was like, that's impressive. So I, th there was, there was so much that was going on for the good of IndyCar and, and, and Gwen Stefani was shouting at IndyCar a lot. She said, Hey, IndyCar fans, big like IndyCar, IndyCar. I was like, this is what we need. Right. So it was, it just goes to show you, did it cost Hy-Vee a lot of money? Absolutely. It's probably, you know, they were saying 10 million, whatever millions of dollars it cost. But like, I tell you what, it looked awesome and it it felt awesome to be a part of it. I got a Hy-Vee gift box. Joey, I kid you not, I have not received a gift box like this in my life. It made me feel like I was... I was a star or like a, like someone special. Like they gave me free an unboxing. Yeah. Uh, can, we, can we get an unboxing here? Can we, can well, we I've already unboxed it all. <laughs> it's, all 
It's all like, well, I'll give you a quick rundown. Bush light t-shirt, John Deere hat, IndyCar hat, high V golf balls, AirPods branded high V. But guess who's going to wear those every flight? Me. And they're the AirPods Pro special edition that are really nice that I did that I don't own. Very excited about that. We got um, sunflower seeds, all high V. We got special chips, high V. Again, we got these weird pretzel things that are, again, high V branded. I mean, unbelievable. Oh, look here. We got this uh, little boom IndyCar race weekend uh, mug here. I don't know what this is. Love a little Yeti. Yeah, love a little Yeti. Yeti. I mean, but it's just, it's the little things. Even, you know, we have a driver's association email group that kind of goes around after every race that it's basically like a, hey guys, like if you got angry at anyone or anything from the weekend, here's where you put all the information so we can share with the race director or share with IndyCar. And really like two of the, two of the first messages that came through from some of the drivers were like, how do we say thank you more to High V? Like how, how do like, cause it, it truly was something that means a lot to us because it makes us feel like we're putting on a better show. And it yeah. makes us feel like, you know, that, 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 that the people really care about us being there and to see the fans that were there. I mean, again, the musical acts for sure help. Absolutely. But we might've just introduced IndyCar to a whole new group of people. You know what I mean? And this is in the middle of Iowa. You're telling me you can't do that in Dallas, Texas for the Fort Worth race. Like, come on. Like it's, it's absurd to think that, you know, in the middle of Newton, Iowa, you can get 40,000 people out there two days in a row for incredible racing and incredible musical events. And we get like, looks like 78 people at Texas at a massive, incredible stadium of speed. You know what I mean? So guess what? It's going to take money, but I I can promise you all these people that probably were there. I mean, Mark Wahlberg was there. Uh, Sean Johnson was there. Who was, that was really, that was wild. Sean Johnson, Andrew East, Andrew East, her husband. We went to high school together. That was crazy. Saw, saw them at the race. Uh, I mean, there was an incredible amount of celebrities. And again, if you build it, they will come. And it was such, it was such an incredible atmosphere. I mean, high V and every time we had two driver intros, right. And the high V, like the main guy from high V was up there. Every time I said, Hey man, I really appreciate what you guys, he, I don't think he had any idea who I was, but I was like, I just appreciate what the heck you guys are doing here. Like, this is awesome. I'm a big high V guy now. And it just, it's just, it's one of those things that I, I, I just, we, we look at it. We preach it all the time. Like people ask me, they were like, Hey, you know, what do you think of this? I was like, it's so cool. I was like, but, but you, you see partners like in the series kind of doing this with Formula One all the time, right? Like you have the, the Rolex area where you're watching in Formula One and you got the Heineken arena wherever you're watching at Formula One. And so like they're serious partners. They definitely do a lot of that stuff like that. And I really hope like in IndyCar, we see a lot more of this with more and more of the serious partners. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we posted on Speed Street Pod. Follow us at Speed Street Pod on Twitter and Instagram. But I, I thought uh, the winner of race number two really, really said it best. Pato Award tweeted, what we saw at Hy-Vee do this weekend at Iowa Speedway was exactly what every single IndyCar weekend should be like. They raised the bar and have proven that you can pack up any place with great fans when you put in the time and hard work. Thanks for the amazing event. And uh, that got great feedback. And, and to your point, Connor, I think, yeah, I mean, that Hy-Vee absolutely did set the bar. They did show you how to get it done. And, and like you said, yeah, 
You got to spend some money to make some money, man. Scared money don't make <laughs> money. That's just what it is, right? I mean, it's true. And I just well, – I mean, you even had – it was funny because, like, Mark Wahlberg was there promoting his tequila or some sort of tequila thing, right? And then Wahlburgers was everywhere as well. So, like, obviously those celebrities aren't just there because they want to go see IndyCar racing, right? But it doesn't matter. Like, every celebrity has a partner in this series. I had heard that Reese Witherspoon was going to come. And then I had heard that um, some other really famous lady was going to come because all their partner, like all their companies that they're involved with are somehow involved with high V. So guess what? Use it. I'm sure PNC bank supports big time golfers or other actors or charitable organizations that are affiliated with actors. Like bring them on in. Like Graham Rahal knows everyone in the entire world, along with Dave Letterman. And they do a great job bringing people in. Right? Like, I try to bring my friends in all the time. And that's just, I don't have any companies at all, but I just try to be friendly to people. So, hey, you know, what was cool is you were hanging out and brought uh, Boston Scott uh, at mid Ohio. I yep. got sent a video of Boston Scott that he was out like doing uh, stuff with the, with the Eagles, like man on the street stuff. He was wearing an IndyCar hat. Boom. Exactly. So that's what you we got to do. It, it's, it, it's as simple as that. And, and I think, when we see that type of thing in action, I just really hope that it, it puts people's brains in motion, right? The, the the tough part still, now this is a tough, tough part of the conversation, is that we still don't have anyone watching on television. <laughs> it's just a shame. Because honestly, it's such good racing. Like there's so much overtaking, so much activities happening. It was crazy. But then you you look at Saturday, right? When you don't have to go against the Cup Series, and again, I don't, I don't, I still don't. You know, we st we still have a large problem with trying to, you know, throw advertising at people to make sure they watch because you know SRX on Saturday nights getting better ratings than us, and literally everything is getting better ratings than us. Formula One, and it's at an awkward time in the morning, like so. People still don't know that we're racing, but again. People come to the race if you force it upon the marketing upon them. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, cool. Like, that looks cool. We got to go there. So the people go there, but they then, but why are the people not watching on the television? You know what I mean? So, like, it's probably because they don't know. Like, I, like they don't know. So I, I, I think that's, that's one thing that, again, if we could do everything that we did for the Iowa weekend to get people there, do that, spend $10 million on making people know that we're racing on television. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be just for IndyCar, right? Like it's, it's, and then that might not be the answer, but I can promise it would probably help. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it's just tough because Sunday you look at it and we're like, man, Sunday we had to go up against cup again and you can't go up against NASCAR. The, it's just, it's such a difficult thing. I mean, and I know that's how TV windows work. And I know that, you know, we were on NBC and they were not, but still it's just like uh, the fact that we, we de divisive, div like it's a divisive look at our at, at racing in America is, is tough. You know what I mean? Um, so, so again, lots of positives uh, still almost got to that, you know, million, the, the million people number that we wanted on Saturday, but uh but again, Sunday, you know, which is a day that, again, we everyone kind of knows that we normally go racing. I would have predicted Sunday to be more. But again, it went up against cup racing and we're not going to beat cup. I'm sorry, but we're just not going to do it. So we got to figure out a way to not go up against them. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. 
The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to hear about Mark Wahlberg. You met the man. Tell me about his aura, his presence, <laughs> the, the world famous A-list celebrity Mark Wahlberg. How was he? <laughs> so, you know, it was really funny. I, I, I was sitting, thankfully, since we started third for both races, we got to, you know, hang out a lot behind the stage of driver intros, right? I got to sit there with old Joseph and Will Power and Scotty Mack. And, um, and I, I had heard that, uh, oh, Mark Wahlberg's out there. He's fist bumping everyone for, cause he's a grand marshal. And I'm like, I'm going to take a selfie with him. I'm, I'm going to go up. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go out there with my phone and I'm going to pause while we're walking. Cause you, you know, you got to walk across the stage. You got to shake everyone's hand, yeah. uh, you know, do the fist bump, whatever it is. And they try to make it quick. Cause they're, they're wheeling people out of there. And, um, and I got out there and I, and I, and I just, I, I gave him, he, he had the fist bump, but I could tell that he, he didn't really care to know me at all because he just kind of was like, yep. All right. And I said, Hey man, thanks for being here. And then I said, I, I had mentioned something. Uh, Doug Ellen is a friend of mine who wrote entourage and obviously they worked together on entourage. And I was like, Hey man, like Doug Ellen's a friend of mine. And he's like, Oh, cool. And then just looked away. And I was like, I forgot to take a selfie. I just kept on going. I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I had my phone in my right hand and I fist bumped him with my left. And as soon as I got off the stage, I was like, man, I, I completely missed out on taking a photograph of Mark Wahlberg. I, I, I just didn't do it. You got starstruck. Oh, it's just, you don't know what to do in that moment. Like, I know that we're the ones that are actually doing the business today, but man, he was, he's real. I mean, Mark Wahlberg is like so cool. Like I, I love Mark Wahlberg movies. Oh yeah. But it did get better. So we, we did our little lap on the truck there. We did, hey, wave to everyone. Incredible scenes. The stands were packed. The camping area looked awesome. Um, and we get back to the grid. And thankfully, you know what? We're starting at the front of the grid. So Marky's usually the there. celebrities go to the front of the grid, right? And I'm like, hey, here we are. We're up on the front of the grid. And it feels good to be walking, you know, past certain rows. And, um, and so, you know, I, again... I hear Mark is, is, is heading up the grid, right? He's going to be up there. He's going to do gentlemen search your engines or whatever it is. And so, you know, you obviously see this giant posse, right? Walking down pit lane and I'm coming over there trying to find a pisser, but also, you know, wanting to take a picture with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> and he's also got like two other really famous, like Abraham answer, like the golfer. Like I, I bet on answer as a golfer once. And I'm like, Oh man, I didn't even know that that was him. And some other guy too, that I had recognized that I was like, Oh yeah, like I think you guys both play golf. And like I was definitely his brother there. Did he wasn't Donnie there? Donnie, I did not see Donnie. Did not see Donnie okay. Wahlberg. All right, but I definitely knew the golfers that are. I was like, oh, those guys are cool too. And now I feel like kind of a loser for not like also asking them for photographs as well. 
but uh, but I but he was there with high V, right? So I was walking. I was like, I was almost up there, almost up there, and then boom, he goes straight to the high V car with Jack and and the high V CEO guy, and I was like, I waited there for about thirty five seconds, forty five seconds. I'm literally just sitting there with my phone and Jack Harvey's crew is looking at me like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, uh, I mean, Mark is there. You know what I'm doing here. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah. I mean, great American hero. Uh, And I I just, I kept walking. I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. I got to go to my car. I got to stay focused on the job. You know, got to, got to be, got to be ready to race. You know what I mean? And I got my cool vest on. I got everything ready to race. So I, you know, I gave up on my idea with photographs and Mark and, and, uh, you know, we're sitting there at the car and, and I'm like, uh, and here, here comes the crew. Right. But, but now like we're, we're approaching like 30 seconds to the national anthem type thing, in. you know, his, his group is, is moving, but like Chris Owens is there as well. Who's photographer for IndyCar. He always, he always hooks the boys up with photographs. And so I like, I, I basically, I got a clear window and when you, whenever you try to you know interact with celebrities, you got to have a clear window, right? You can't, like look like you're elbowing someone out of the way. It's got to be a natural connection. It's got to be a zip in, be like, Hey brother, you mind uh, just taking a photograph? And thankfully I'm dressed like a clown in my race suit. Right. So I get the window in. I said, Hey Mark, mind if I just grab a picture with you real quick. And he looks at me and, and like, he knows, looks, obviously I'm wearing a suit. He's like, Oh yeah, sure. And I was like, oh, thank God. And then obviously I hear some stooge right next to me. He's short on time. And I'm like, easy. Okay. Like, I get that you're trying to get somewhere, but I look, I, we are the show today. So let's back off. I'm also short on time about to go 200 miles an hour. So yeah, I'm also about to go put my life on the line here in Newton, Iowa. So you guys can shut up for now. Yep. And so, you know what? Mark was really cool. Pause for selfie. And then even Chris Owens said, Hey guys, can I get a quick photograph? So, uh, you know what? I respect Mark for being really cool. And thankfully, it was not a traumatic celebrity meeting experience. I am now an even bigger fan of Mark Wahlberg and never call him Marky Mark, apparently. That's what everyone said all weekend. You okay, not so who's to call him Marky Mark? Did huh? you get a PR release from his people, like Team Wahlberg, saying do not say that? Or what, what was it? Apparently, that's what goes around. And, and, I, and I had heard that, and I said, I will never say that to Mark. I will never do that. It's a fun thing to say, but apparently you're not allowed to say that to Mark. So I knew that and I went just straight up with Mark and I really appreciate the fact that he was there and he gave a very energetic driver, start your engines. Yeah. And he, he went, he made his rounds, you know, so you got to meet him. He was in the Penske truck, of course. Oh yeah. All folks. So a lot of, a lot of Mark everywhere. People knew, you know, I was getting blasted out there that Mark Wahlberg was there. So that's fantastic. I can see why you don't like the Marky Mark. That was a prior life for him. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a grown man. Good, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's done with the Marky Mark phase. I get it. That's fine. I can respect that. Good but deal. Man, it's just so cool. Like, cause like you realize that like just for that moment and like, and I I've, I've been to Iowa before, right? Like we've been there, raced there. I don't remember anything like that in Iowa. Like I almost felt like I was, it, it just, it was, it was just cool. Like the fact that, you know, he was there and, 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 and there was a ton of people there though, too. And like, he brought his boys and like, they all flew their private obviously, which is really cool. It just, it just felt like a high level event, which is what professional motor racing is. Like that's what IndyCar is. We just have to let like people just have to realize that, Hey, 
we have this series in America that's doing really cool stuff with really cool cars and incredibly high level drivers. Why is it not being watched on television? <laughs> I know we'll get there. We'll, but get, we'll there, get there. I think this is a great step forward. Yeah. Baby a steps. great step we're, forward. We're, we're, we're getting there. So Joseph Newgarden dominates race one. He wins. Uh, he was dominating race two on Sunday, and then he goes into the wall, and then a uh, real scary incident there, man. He did the, the heat. His body was just being affected after a long weekend. He he faints. He hits his head. They airlift him out because of traffic for caution reasons. Do we have any update? I know that he was with them. I know that he was he was talking I know that uh, I, I sent Mrs. Newgarden a message. She said he's doing okay. He's he doesn't really remember. But do you have any more insider info on Joseph here as we near um, the the GP weekend back in Indy? Yeah, tough situation for sure. Because I I, I read today that Penske saw that it was a right that it was a failure uh, on the car, and and it, that that crash literally happened directly in front of me. Like he was he was ten car lengths in front of me, and I see that I see the dust fly up from the right rear. And the thing spins. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's the leader. And he wasn't, I mean, he was so far ahead of second place. Joseph, I, I don't know what he's got there. And I don't know what his team has figured out there. But they, Joseph is is in a league of his own. I mean, literally was driving, like the guy lapped up to like seventh place or something absurd. Um, you know, I was competing for 12th place and like we were all lapped out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it was it was something that that truly he has a next level ability to understand what he needs there and get it out of the car. Um, but it just goes to show you how hard, you know, how hard the pieces of these cars that are working, you know, even Tim Sindrick in the article sounded quite surprised. He's like, you know, they, these pieces on the car are not mileaged out, but with all the bumps at Iowa, with all the heavy loads that we go through, you know, two races in the weekend, all yeah. the stuff that's happening, um, it's crazy, but I, I have not talked to Joseph afterwards. I, I know I talked to the, uh, to the, the head doctor at IndyCar I actually saw her, uh, at dinner on Monday, uh, Monday night after the race here in Indy. Uh, and I asked her about him and, and obviously, you know, it was a hard hit. It, it was, you know, it, I think it's, I think it registered over 80 G's, um, which is a, which is a heavy hit, you know, for those that pay attention to G force meters. Um, but, uh, but again, the, the mind is different than the body. Like I've seen Joseph immediately come back from a broken collarbone and hand and to race the next weekend. Um, but the mind is a different one. So I, 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 I'm very confident in Joseph. I think right now in his championship form as well, there's no way he's going to um, miss a race. And I think there's no way that he's going to, um, you know, I, I, and I, and I, I, I think, you know, when you, when you have a head injury, like when you fall in like, hit your head on anything like you're not supposed to do anything on your phone you're not supposed to like and so if that's what joseph was told i promise you he's going to be in maximum recovery mode people were like well why isn't he tweeting or anything it's like because it doesn't matter like it's yeah. the twitter it doesn't matter i mean he's got people that tweet for him and stuff like that but even still it's like don't even just let joseph recover the guy's gonna be i mean he's a strong elite individual um but uh but yeah really scary scary deal it just goes to show you like Joseph, I would consider to be one of the most fit and elite athletic drivers on the grid. Literally, like the guy is built like out of stone and, and, yep. and it's, 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 it's insane. And the physical load that we were under, the, 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 the load that happens when you hit the wall, um, it can literally get the best of anyone. And so it just goes to show you again how hard it is that, you know, what we're doing. 
And, um, and yeah, I, I, I'm sure he'll be all right. It was a shame to see him crash for sure. Cause he had that race won by about a mile. Um, but, uh, but yeah, wild, wild scene for sure. Yeah, man. We, I was at daredevil brewing with, uh, my buddy Sam Hay and a, and a few other people um, watching the race on Sunday. And we're, we're kind of, it was interesting. It was really weird timing because it was going to break and it was going to side by side on NBC. Right. So it wasn't full commercial, thank God, but it was going side by side. And so, you know, you, you, your body kind of naturally as a, as a viewer lets up a little bit when it goes to commercial break, even though you guys are still racing, it's like, all right, you know, I'm going to sit back a little bit, maybe use the restroom, whatever. <laughs> side by side and then right as that happens someone's into the wall and we're all whoa and then we see it's joseph we're like literally the whole place oh my god it's new garden it was insane yeah it was uh, a, a, a really wild scene and then yeah hopefully just man and he's hopefully he's doing okay physically would love to see him out there racing this weekend of course he's right in the thick of things after a dominant weekend at iowa um but then we get the news that pinsky already has santino ferrucci tapped if joseph can't go so we'll get another another instance of ferrucci on the on the grid which i know a lot of people were asked were tweeting me about that <laughs> i still that might be like if if you try to put the shape in the box like i'm sure your son's gonna have one of those shape boxes where you put yeah. the square in the square and you put the a circle in the circle sure this would be like trying to put the square in the circle box i i just <laughs> i don't it doesn't fit i i and like, I think everyone, my, you know, feelings on Santino, but like, this is Penske. Like, think of how many drivers they have under con Dane Cameron, Felipe Nazar. Like, even, I mean, yeah. Hunter Ray is tied to Ganassi, but like, even Montoya, like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like there's so many people in their arsenal. And again, I, I, I this is just, I, I, I don't understand even Sage Karam. Like, I, I would rather, I would rather see Sage Karam in that seat you know, for a, for a, for a go at it. Um, but yeah, like, I, I just, and, and Simona, like Simona is like, obviously my, my teammate, but like Simona's free. Simona was like big in the Penske organization last year. So there were, there was a lot there that I, I, I don't get, but I think again, they have to cover their bases and you do have to have someone ready. I feel like uh, Joseph will be fine, but, uh, but yeah, what a, I mean, what a weird thing to read. When I, when I saw that, I just, I, I think a lot of us, even some of the other drivers that won't be named were like, what in the world on? is going on here? Right. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It was like, it almost felt like it was like a, an onion article for IndyCar. Yeah. It was like the onion. Yeah. But then um, how about Kyle Larson throwing his name in the ring there? Huh? Kyle Larson giving a little wave. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there this weekend. Why not? Love to see it, honestly. That and that's what he should that, like. That's what should be done. You know what I mean? Just throw some throw some wild, you know, crazy out the gate, you know, ideas out there just for you know for an opportunity. But yeah, I I I, I love that once once the Twitter sphere gets a hold of things, and once they you know start saying, oh, like who could be in the seat if Joseph's not out? I love to see the people who throw their hands in the hat. So. It was um, it was pretty funny to see that for sure. Good for Kyle for stirring up the old pot there. Five's dying to get behind an IndyCar, bro. Love it. Uh, at some point, at some point, I think we will see old Kyle Larson behind the wheel of an IndyCar. Just don't know when. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, 
Moving on from Iowa, more into this week, and wouldn't you know it, right before we record once again, we get some wild news on Wednesday morning <laughs> regarding Alex Below and Chip Ganassi Racing. Once again, CGR dropping the law. They're, they're, they're suing number 10. They're suing – not number 10. They're suing the driver of the number 10, yeah. Alex Below. Holy cow, man. I mean, this guy is supposed to drive for his team that is suing him this week at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway it doesn't get more wild than that again this is we're living we're living in a current era where I don't know if I've ever seen this before you know I mean I I do remember I had seen a tweet about this I do remember Dan Weldon suing Panther Racing back in the day uh for for wages uh and I believe that was settled very quickly um but this is I mean it's 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 hard to put into perspective because in reality, in the era of IndyCar racing that we're in now, all the teams are quite a significant amount larger than the drivers. I would say when it comes to um, assets, I would say the only real drivers that have, you know, a, a, a large amount of uh, goods and, um, you know, acquired things, probably Scott Dixon, right? Like he's the guy who's been around the longest, who's won the most, who's probably made the most money, Um. But everyone else like is not, you know, like there are guys making two or three million dollars a year, which is a lot of money. But like, you know, Ganassi and Penske and Andretti have been, you know, pumping in money for years. You know what I mean? For like and and like Ganassi used to be on, you know, they, they used to have, you know, 10 million a year coming in per car from Target, you know, 25 million a year per year coming in from Target, like huge money operations. Um and so realistically, like it, it, it's, it's, and as a driver, I know that I'm, you know, quite small time in, in comparison to, you know, the money that the teams have to deal with the, 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 the transactions that the teams have to deal with. And like to see this, I'm literally looking at like the case Chip Ganassi racing LLC versus Alex Polo Montalbo Alpa racing SL, which must be his, uh, you know, tax evasion company that we all have at some point. Um, but it's like, man, like this is, this is really, I, I don't remember it. And I, and I don't, I don't like it for, for drivers in general, but like, if I, if I'm Alex Pillow, I feel like you, you have to banish your management from the world, from the earth, like literally worst managers in the history of management, like of all time, like they should be uh put on a little boat and float it out to sea and just say you're free now be free you know what i mean like i just like it's just awful that like i don't know where you guys are going to end up but very far away from indycar land like it is just so crazy to see that this could happen because alex is again focused on driving focused on doing his job and the poor guy now has to deal with a civil lawsuit like oh my gosh i, I it's I was going to say, I mean, I know know Alex is uber focused. You know, everybody always talks about him. He's just like an assassin out there on the track. He's always in it. But I mean, how, I mean, legitimately, how can you be focused on driving and how can you have everything into this weekend when this is just dropped on you, man? I feel like it's damn near impossible. Well, it was interesting because over the weekend, Alex did not look like the strong Ganassi car. You know what I mean? And, And again, Alex. Like, I I know he, I mean, heck, I was fighting with the guy for a little bit on Sunday, and I know I was really struggling on Sunday and Saturday, but it was, 
you know, it's one of those things that um, it, it's got to get to you. I mean, it has to, because, because that's, that's, that's dealing with your life. Like if you're getting sued as a human being, like that's, that has to deal with how you put your food on the table. You know what I mean? That's, that's you getting to and from the house. You know what I mean? That's, you know, anything that's going to be, that's with you forever, right? Like that, that lawsuit is now on you or slash tied to you for forever. You know what I mean? So, and any race team is, is not really a fan of, you know, legal proceedings. So that's tough. I mean, again, winning cures everything. So if he goes out and wins this weekend, I'm sure he's going to be happy and he's going to be like, ha ha ha. But guess what? You get about 15 grand when you win an IndyCar race because it's 30 grand and the team usually splits it in half. And guess where the money goes usually first to the team. And so, you know, 15 grand is, you know, you're going to get sued for more than that. I promise you that. So it's, 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 it's really crazy to see, um, you know, to see this and, and to, to be living in this era. But again, it's, it's, it's crazy news. Like, could you, do you remember, like, I mean, football, basketball, I mean, I, I, like, you like there's always like disputes over contracts and stuff like that, but no one gets sued like because no. all these agents they know the business. It's basically someone's gonna have to get paid off more money than others, or it's gonna be a trade or something like that. Yep. No, I mean it's it's really you know, and Marshall Pruitt I think has even said it. You know, it's just pretty unprecedented. I mean, it's it's a absolutely wild times in IndyCar right now. Do you think is there any chance that we don't see Alex Pelot? behind the wheel for the number 10 after this does this push him and if he still has that management team to the point to where it's like hey um you know what i, I think that we just gotta we gotta hop out of here or chip ganassi says you know what we don't want you behind the wheel is there any chance we don't see Polo now because we had the dispute we had a thing where that last week a couple weeks ago where it seemed like they were kind of you know all right well we're gonna figure it out we'll race whatever and then now with this lawsuit coming down is there any chance that we see him just being like nah I think there's no chance we ever see Alex drive for Ganassi again in the future. No shot. No, 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 no I meant shot. Like this weekend, the well, next weekend in Nashville. Well, I, I was, I was going to continue. So like, so, so no shot ever in the future, but I would say until he is mathematically out of the running for the championship, I think he stays in. Uh, if, if mathematically he falls out of the running of the championship, I bet he disappears. And I bet we don't see him again. And I, and I, I see Ryan Hunter Ray getting in there. I mean, Ryan Hunter Ray, that would be perfect spot for Ryan to just jump right in um, or Bourdais even as well, uh, or Canon. I mean, anyone uh, they've got, they've got a quite a roster of drivers, you know, uh, like Penske doesn't quite have this, the same roster of drivers when it comes to IndyCar experience. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 and I saw that on a tweet, you know, that, that said like, look, They've got to keep him in right now because he's dealing with the championship battle, but you can tell that it's awkward. You can tell that it's a weird situation, you know, cause I'm sure the crew guys are getting at, I mean, this affects everyone, right? Cause think of how many people ask the crew guys like, Oh, Hey, like what's going on with Alex. So then even yeah. those guys are getting annoyed with the answers. And I know a lot of those guys on the 10 team too. They're great guys. Like one of my, one of the guys on his car, you know, worked for me at Harding, uh, a couple of other guys I've known for a long time who've been super just like, Ganassi has so many great employees. Like I, I really like that team and, and it's just a shame because like they don't want the drama, you know what I mean? They're there to win races. They're there to be professionals. You know, they're there to put food on their tables for their families. And you know, all those questions go all the way home. They're like, Oh honey, what's going on at work today? Well, our driver's getting sued. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. cra- It's crazy. Not great. Not great. Yeah. This is from uh, so the article dropped on racer Marshall Pruitt, 
um, had it. It says, reach for comment by Racer. A team spokesperson supplied the following statement. Quote, Alex Plo is under contract with Chip Ganassi Racing through the end of the 2023 season. He is a valued member of our team, and we will continue to support him in chasing wins, podiums, and IndyCar championships. As the result of a competing racing team improperly attempting to contract with him, notwithstanding the clear terms of our contract, we are proceeding to legal process pursuant to the contract. That's from CGR. Yeah, I mean, I... I'm trying to figure out, actually, I, I would love there, a, a guest that I would love to have on this show is like someone who's a, an experienced manager. Like I can't necessarily get like I would love to get Stephanie Johansson on this show. He's a former Formula One driver. He's a driver manager now, works with a lot of people. Um, but again, I think those guys probably aren't going to be doing podcasts because they're all <laughs> le- legally they can't talk about things. But there's just so many interesting, you know, nuggets in this in this deal, and like now it makes me nervous about my contract. Like I was like, what's in my contract? Like what? Like I don't read every line of my contract. You know what I mean? Like I I pay someone to do that, right? But you're like, what what is going on here? Like it's it's crazy to it's crazy to think that this is the era that we're in. But again, if there's something wrong, lawyers are going to find it, and someone's going to make money. And I promise you. It's not going to be Alex Blow in this scenario. I mean, Chip Ganassi's got Jim Voiles, who if you're in, in Indiana, you know a lot about Jim Voiles, and you know that if any big-name person, athlete, company, sporting group uh, has a legal battle, well, Jim Voiles is going to be right there ready to win the case. Yeah, Chip Ganassi just absolutely strong-arming the whole situation, you know, just sitting there with his loafers and his smirk, and uh, yeah, he's ready guy. to win. Big Pittsburgh yeah. gangster guy. Yeah, gangster. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's so that's the craziness going on again. I mean, I feel like we're just consistently in a, an Uber case of silly season with IndyCar nowadays. Um, so that's going ahead to uh this weekend, the the Indy GP. Um, the second one of the year. We have Colton Herta, who won in the rain back in May to kick off the month of May, counter daily P5 there. Uh, last year's winner at this uh, event, Will Power, always going to be strong here as well. Um, what are we thinking for this weekend, man? You said that uh, high grip, we're looking forward to it. Should be good for for you guys there at Carpenter Racing, right? Yeah, we certainly hope so. I mean, we, you know, we need a we need a good finish. We were hoping that Iowa would have been our good finishes, but um, you know that that obviously didn't work. But uh, Indy GP, you know, we hope to be confidently in the top ten again, uh, top five as as is the goal. I mean, we want to be on the podium, of course, but we could say that for every weekend. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, love Indy. You know, it's a short weekend, real quick. We're racing on Saturday again, so maybe that'll help the TV ratings if we can get people out there. Um, you know, great to be with NASCAR again, though, as well. Excited to have all the NASCAR guys in town. Uh, a lot of the truck guys, you know, the uh, trucks are racing at IRP um, this week as well. And, uh, you know, just good to have all the boys in town. You know what I mean? You're good to see you know, it'd be guys like guys like Denny Hamlin, guys like uh, you know Noah Gregson, guys Corey like uh, Corey LaJoy, all of our boys out there. So it'll be it'll be fun to see everyone. I'm probably not going to go to the race Sunday if I'm if I'm honest. Um, but I'm gonna go, I'm going to go to my race Saturday, and then I'm going to get home as soon as possible <laughs> because because afterwards that'll be the first Saturday night I can spend in Indianapolis since April, since after the Indy 500, but and that was a Sunday night. So um, it'll be fun to go out probably after the race Saturday night, after the Xfinity race and the IndyCar race, maybe have a little time on the town, maybe get into the streets of Indy a little bit, see what, see what's, see what I've been missing for the last couple months. 
Um, and then wake up in the morning to see the cup race and recover on my couch. So, uh, so we'll see what happens, but it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting to see as well. Some of these, you know, Denny Hamlin and, uh, and Kyle Bush, you know, they both, it was Kyle Bush as well who got disqualified, right? Yep. Like that was, that was crazy. Just two got top two Quite getting disqualified. <laughs> Love that, you know, Denny Hamlin, basically said, good luck getting that checkered flag back from his daughter. You know what I mean? Like I love, love that type of energy. Um, But uh, but yeah, pretty crazy to to have everyone coming into town this weekend. Um, And also we got to, we got to give a shout out to our buddy, Marco Andretti, who won the SRX championship. That was a, that was a crazy weekend as well. I got to watch a little bit of that race on Saturday. Uh, Wild dirt track, a lot of, a lot of contact, a lot of contact. Um was great to see Joey Logano in the booth kind of taking my place as well. He was, he's really good at what he does. I think I do. Um, I really enjoy him in the booth. I do. I think he's good. He sounds smart. I don't know if I like him as a driver. I don't know if I like him as a driver. I obviously haven't raced with him, but only from what I've seen. Uh, But I I do like him in the booth. I think he's got some good experience Um, and Marco doing it with a broken wrist too. Like, like an actually like really broken wrist like that is, that was crazy. Like, That's it just goes to show you that, you know, any, any like this racing, racing is dangerous, no matter what the speed, no matter what the track. Um, and yeah, Marco doing it with a broken wrist is really impressive, but super happy for him because what he a cool it, deal. Yeah, he, wanted he wanted it, it real, bad. real bad, but also just, um, I mean, he's, he did, he did great all season long and, 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 and that's what you have to do to win a championship. So really cool for, you know, for him and, and that program. Yeah, dude. Shout out to him. Hopefully he's drinking a bunch of Camus and just having a great time being Marco Andretti and now having another <laughs> trophy in there, right? It's always oh, great to yeah. be Marco Andretti, man. Um, all right. Great weekend looking ahead. Um, I tweeted it out from Speed Street Pod. Be on the lookout for the listeners out there thinking maybe like uh, you know Friday evening or Saturday evening, just a little meetup at, at uh, probably Daredevil Brewing down there in Main Street's speedway um I'll, I'll be out there having some brews either on one of those nights and if y'all want to come out and just have some brews with me maybe some pizza hang out talk racing you know um it should be a good time it's gonna be a fantastic weekend looking forward to that so be on the lookout either friday evening or saturday evening um i watched days of thunder bro <laughs> for the first time first time yeah watch it how did you make it this far into your life without watching that movie you know, I don't, I, like I said, uh, I'm fairly, you know, in terms of the, the lifelong, I'm a fairly newcomer to the world of motorsport. Um, <laughs> and so I just hadn't been on my radar. And then finally I was like, after you and Corey LaJoy, my father-in-law were all like, oh, I got to do days of thunder, got to do days of thunder. I had some extra time on my hands and I was like, you know what? I'll fire it up. And, um, yeah, a classic. I really enjoyed it. Maybe want some more motorsport movies, man. It was great. Robert Duvall. Randy Quaid, Tom Cruise. I mean, what a Nicole Kidman, what a cast. Good one Lord. of the greatest movies of all time. I, I truly believe that. Uh, I mean, if I ever had a team owner, you know, I, first of all, if I was ever traveling to the race in the truck with the race cars at the bar <laughs> yeah. while driving, you know, like that is one of the most wild scenes ever. But if I ever had a team owner, you know, pull the old, pull the old hot cop trick. I mean, what, what a wild move that is. I mean, I, Still to this day, I'm like, there's no way that would actually happen. Like, uh, that's just, that's his, that is just old Tommy Cruz out there yep. with a hot police officer lady and all played a trick on him by the team owner. That's, that's camaraderie right there. 
Yeah, that's some '90s NASCAR right there. Ben, yeah. have, you, have you seen that? Have you your Days of Thunder guy? Oh, of course, several times. Yeah, for sure. I feel like you got to watch like, it. I feel like that's part of Dirty Mo Media's like requirements to work there. They're like, all right, do you know about racing? Are you a fan? Yeah. Have you seen Days of Thunder? I have. Cool. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, when Jeff Bodine came on the download earlier this year, they talked about that scene and how like a lot of the bits in the movies were from the actual like, you know, when Jeff and Dale were going out of back in the day. So there's there's kind of some parallel, but, uh, you know, a lot of it's drawn up for the movies. Yeah. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it, man. Yeah. So I had to get that out there. I knew I'm you proud of you. Appreciate it as well. Thanks, buddy. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, all right, we got some listener questions here. Let's wrap up with some listener questions. Let's get to it. Um, let's see. Well, Alan Cradler wants to know, can Connor explain what it feels like on new tires at Iowa and when those same tires degrade at end of stint? We kind of hit huh. on that, but go ahead. Yeah, no, we, we hit on it a little bit for sure, but um, you feel like a hero at the beginning. Um, and, and, and really, it's only there's really only equality on that first stint, right? Cause everyone starts the race on new tires. Um, and so you kind of, there's a little bit less movement in that first stint, uh, a little bit more movement for me because mine seemed to be going off quite aggressively more than others. So, you know, I was on Sunday, you know, we're kind of sitting fifth, sitting fifth, sitting fifth, sitting fifth. And then as soon as it starts to go, it goes big. Um, because on a short oval, when you start, losing the grip, it's, you know, you're either crashing or really, really hanging on to it. Um, and then if you start getting passed by people, it's, it's pretty much like a freight train because once the dirty air then gets you, you know, then the car is moving even more and it is a real, real challenge. Um, so it's, it's a huge, it's a drastic drop off, but literally all those same people that pass you, um, as soon as you get new tires and you come out of the pits, you're flat out again and you're passing them. So you kind of get lost in the race, honestly. At moments, I have no idea where I am, um, but you're just trying to pass as many guys as possible, just trying to get get the track position, get in front of people. Um, and, and then, you know, on the restarts, again, take advantage of those cold new tires as well. Uh, the restarts were kind of crazy uh, on Sunday. Uh, not a lot of crashes overall, which is actually pretty impressive from everyone. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it is a, it is a massive, massive drop off from new tires compared to, uh, you know, the older tires. This is from AJ Digby wants to know how nice is it to be in a multi-year contract? Does it help you focus on each weekend instead of having to fight for a roster spot? Uh, I mean, it's, it's something I've never felt before. So it's, it's really nice. Um, I kind of look at the off season, like, Hey, I, I, well, what it does is it just gives you the opportunity now to, you know, I, I just, I want to, I want to work with the team, right? We want to be better next year. We don't want to show up to Iowa and, you know, go from the second row to 20, if you know what I mean? So, you know, it just, it just fuels you to try to get with the team and, and say, Hey, this is like, I want to work with you guys. I want to win with you guys. I don't want to finish 20th with you guys again. So let's, you know, let's work together on, on making this better. And, and if we can get, you know, if we can get started on it sooner rather than later, that helps everyone, you know, it helps Ed, it helps Renus or if Renus isn't my teammate, you know, who else, whoever else is it going to be? Um, but I, 
I, I think, you know, we as a team, you know, Ed, Ed has not forgot how to drive at ovals. You know what I mean? Ed knows what he's doing. And I, I really want to see Ed, um, you know, have, you know, have the ability to, uh, you know, to, to compete at the front. Like I think he is very well capable of as well. So I, I want to be there with him and I want to be fighting for wins with Ed, you know, very similar to how we would at Indy. From Dave Love 50, away from the Ganassi soap opera, this is for Connor. As we get back to the road street courses, are you fed up enough with the qualifying track backup slash impeding penalties that qualifying format should be changed? If so, how should it change? I mean, honestly, I don't know if there's a, a good answer for how it should be changed. I mean, there's single car qualifying, like shootout style, um, but that's 26 cars that has to be, you know, a shootout style qualifying. I mean, we do it, you know, we do it in the, and on the ovals. Um, but that's, you know, those are short laps. You know, if you go to a place like road America and do single car qualifying, that could take over an hour. You know what I mean? So it's, um, it's kind of crazy or even more than that. Um, so, so we'll see. I, I think I honestly kind of like the qualifying system the way it is now. Cause it does feel like it's quick. Um, it all, all it takes is just one idiot. That's the problem. Like it just takes one dummy, uh, to mess it up for everyone. And that, and that's kind of, you know, the, the, the sport that we're in. So I'm not sure if we can really change it. This is from Kyle. It's actually, uh, he asked me, Joey, any aspirations of being a part of the IndyCar NBC broadcast team one day? You'd make a great addition. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work for us IndyCar fans. Appreciate that, Kyle. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll throw my hat in the ring. You know, I don't I don't think I'd be play-by-play or, or obviously the color commentator, but to be able to do some interview segments or some fun spoof things or, you know, continue those relationships with the drivers like I have and be able to do it for a broadcast, work with Hinch for sure. Yeah. I mean, they got my information, I think, because of <laughs> Hinchcliffe. So just give me a call and I'd, and I'd love to be a part of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of good stuff there. Thanks, buddy. Um, let's go with Jeff. How does the driver spotter relationship develop in terms of information provided and communication style? Says he listened in to several different cars during Iowa and was surprised at the varied communication styles and frequency of messages. Yeah, so every driver uh, kind of has has a different preference on on what information they like to hear. Uh, for me, I like I like information. You know, the more information, the, the better. Uh, my spotter, Packy Wheeler, really really experienced guy, um, and I, I love having him as a spotter. Honestly, he's very very knowledgeable. He's very, you know, he's very into what's going on. Uh, he's very encouraging, which I, which I, I really appreciate. Um, but, you know, I, I've had spotters like, uh, you know, I've had spotters in the past where there's not enough information. And I'm like, Hey, just give me, just feed me more. Like I, I need more and more. Um, you know, Poncho Carter was my spotter, my, my rookie year with Dale coin racing. Uh, and he's still spotting for, for David Malukas this year. Uh, and again, he was a former driver, really, really talented driver. Um, but his spotting is kind of more aggressive. Like if you make a mistake, you know, he might call you an idiot right then and there, but, but he'll also be able to tell you, you know, a very, very detailed, uh, you know, area of like, Hey, this, this looks like a quick spot on the track right now, or you got to get up here to run quick, like the quick guys. So there's, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff like that, that helps. Um, and again, everyone's different. Every spotter has got a different tone, uh, and every spotter has got a different way to communicate things to you. Uh, you know, uh, listening to Jimmy Johnson's radio, there's a lot of jokes popping off apparently on that, on that radio. Like I, like his spotter was like, like, Hey man, I'd love to ride with you right now. I was like, I kind of respect that. So, uh, there was, there's a lot of different ways you can do it, but it's spotters are, are massively important. 
And we'll finish up with a quick one here from Open Wheel Racing Jobs. They ask, do you guys still need a segment sponsor? Sure. Drive it our way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in touch with us. We're always down for some sponsors, and uh, we have plenty of segments to do it for. So let us know. All right. That's a good amount of the questions that came in. Some good stuff there. Appreciate you guys. Again, follow us at Speed Street Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we usually do that, you know, every couple episodes or whatnot. So love the feedback and the interaction with the fans. All right, you want to finish it up with our Ricky Treadway Random Mini 500 Driver of the Week? Yes, why not? It wouldn't be a, a great show heading into a weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway without an Indy 500 Driver of the Week. Uh, we went we went for the 1950, uh, 1950 Indy 500 Tuesday, Tuesday, May 30th, 1950. Um, interesting. But um, I went with the I went with the person. Uh, who finished uh, 11th in this race, uh, Myron Four, an American man. Myron Four spelled F-O-H-R, so maybe it's like four. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, but Myron Wisconsin guy. So. Yeah, Wisconsin right. guy. Uh, died in 94, um, but only two Indy 500 starts, um, but actually like pretty solid. Uh, started 16th in 1950, uh, finished 11th, uh, started 13th in 1949 and finished fourth. So a really decent, you know, short, but decent career here in the Indy 500. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Myron, Myron four from, uh, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yep. He was born there and he passed away there. So hometown kid there. Myron, uh, man, that's hey, you know, can't complain about that, dude. With those two finishes, you, you only get two shots at it. I mean, that's that's pretty damn solid stuff right there. Uh, yeah, the 1950 Indianapolis 500. Um, of course, it was scheduled for 200 laps, but was stopped after 138. That's 345 miles due to rain. So they came back on that Tuesday, and there you go. They finished it out, and there was a crowd of 175,000 people at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to watch Myron Four finish, what, 11th there? Yeah. 11th, yep. 11th in 1950. There it is. All right. We are back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this week. We got the whole world. We got the world of racing. Uh, everybody coming to our backyard. Can't wait. Going to be a full weekend. And, of course, Friday, IndyCar getting after it early um with practice and qualifying xfinity's out there hope to see a lot of fans out there at the indianapolis motor speedway then saturday on nbc i uh, got a 12 30 green flag i believe for the indycar race don't miss out if you're not going to be there catch us there uh, again be sure to follow us on social at speed street pod twitter and instagram there leave us a rating and review we've been getting more of those rating and reviews and uh, again just trying to grow this grow the neighborhood grow the street get more neighbors on here and have more people join us in the community which you guys have been doing a fantastic job on really appreciate appreciate you guys listening and uh, we're going to be pulling for the 20 of course this weekend p5 there in may hoping for p1 there coming up on Saturday. It's been another episode of Speed Street. Until next week, we'll talk to you then. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.